0: So, we don't have like anything, we don't have a cool intro.
1: Yeah. Insert intro here. (laughs) Do-do-do-do-do. Like (laughs) like a spinning logo and then boom.
0: Welcome to This Week in Cars. This is our inaugural episode. My name is Jaren Wong and this is my co-host Justin Hong. And uh, I guess we should talk about ourselves a little bit in terms of why we want to talk about cars, right? Yeah. A little bit about myself. Um, my first car was a Acura MDX, and then uh, it got totaled by a T-bone. So, that's a really lame story. <laughs> um, but my, I guess my. So, so then after that, my second real car was like a Infiniti G37 sedan. Um, Rear-wheel drive, 228 um, horsepower, really fun car, and then that got totaled again. <laughs> I by see a trend here. Yeah, so now I drive. Um, I mainly drive like a Tesla Model 3, and that's that's pretty much my car history.
1: Well, at least that's that's, that's the cars I've driven. So, what about you, Justin? Um, for me, I, I guess the car I practiced driving on was a Toyota Four Runner. Um, you had a Four Runner. Yeah, I did. I don't think you've seen me in it, but Is it like the new one, or no, not new one, but like the uh... it's uh, from two thousand. Oh, that's a that one's like hard to find. Yeah, it was. Um, so we it was my parents' first car when they moved here. Oh. So they got it at Toyota Stevens Creek. It is went there. Um, they weren't trying to buy a car, just, just, you know, just looking at cars and then just walked out with a 4Runner. <laughs> <laughs> so the salesman you know, did his job. Yeah, you know what happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the car I practiced uh, driving on. Um, and then it, well, it got hit too. I, I <laughs> got like, uh, kind of t bone ish like not real, not exactly. Um, the guy who hit it flipped over oh shit yeah but my my dad was driving he was fine um, car got pretty messed up though uh,
0: so insurance probably told me it
1: yeah insurance told it um, so insurance paid us for it and then uh, we sold it to our neighbor <laughs> wait does he do still have it? yeah he still has it, wow. it it's literally like um, like across the street from us okay like, that's it's cool it's still there yeah so um, you kind of fix it up you can still see where where it got hit but um, it's still, still running fine so that happened like in like 2015 and it's still running Maber still drives it daily I think so that's good yeah um, after that I've been driving a uh, Lexus IS 250 uh, so that's rear-wheel drive a lot more fun than the 4Runner and it's still driving that now Nice. Okay.
0: Um so I guess we should talk about like what got you interested in cars in the first place.
1: Hmm. Kinda of goes back pretty far. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say the same.
0: Like as a kid you get the model the toy cars, like, you know, when you're like really small and then at least for me like I've amassed a whole collection of toy cars. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, you start playing video games, Need for Speed, uh, Fast and Furious movie franchise, um, and just kind of stick with it, I guess. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think pretty similar for me. Um, I feel like Fast and Furious probably has something to do with it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I had, um, one of my cousins he was uh, he's from canada but he's a bit older than me uh so i think he like introduced me to like fast and furious uh, so back then it just came out like i think the first fast and furious um, the og one yeah like the,
0: 2002
1: something like that yeah and then he was really into that um he wanted back then he wanted like a, a mitsubishi lancer evolution so that was his like dream car Um, and he also had a ps1 and um, we played a bunch of Gran Turismo on that so that was kind of the start Um, and it just went from there did he ever get his Lancer I don't think so (laughs) dang
0: yeah sadly yeah I think it's uh everyone has like a dream car and I feel like it's better if it's attainable. Um but then if even if it is attainable, you should like don't give up on your dream. I think like a Lancer can be can be easily found. Well.
1: Yeah.
0: It's getting harder to find, but Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of those. Yeah. I, I know like one person with a Evo eight. Mm. And uh Yeah, he he spent a lot of money. Like I I, I thought they were fairly reliable, but, like, I think his his Evo 8 has been out, like, for several, at least several months. Like, he, he's, like, something wrong with the engine or something. Did they modded it all? I think so, yeah. yeah that's probably <laughs> something your, to do with it. There's your problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's, like, a whole, um, that generation of rally cars, like, you have the Evo, the WRX, um, it's kind of sad that like Mitsubishi just kind of fell off a cliff and now they all they produce are really crappy crossovers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I guess we should hop into the car news then. Yeah. Yeah, so for this week we had the um, we had the Corvette Z06 C8. Um, hotly anticipated we've been waiting for it since the c8 debuted like last year
1: yeah last year
0: yeah so it took them two model years to 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 come out with the z06 we heard we've seen a lot of leaks about it already um we knew it was gonna have a flat plane engine um and that's i think that's like um as you said a lot of exotic cars have it um so it's it,
1: it brings the Corvette closer to the Italians they try to imitate. Yeah, and it's it's really cool how they're bringing something like um, like this naturally aspirated flat plane uh, V8 when even Ferrari is going turbocharged. Yeah. Okay. So we should
0: let's talk about the looks of the Z06. Like, how how do you feel about you know the extra aero bits? The spoiler. The spoiler's new. I think the um, side fender for the uh This is bright as it gets. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure they angled it even more outwards for a even wider um, like a wider body kit. Yeah. Is that like a vent?
1: Is it yeah, functional that, right there or I,
0: it has to be functional, it's in the back, right? I'm yeah. sure that's a cooling cooling vent. Yeah, um but you said you you don't like the tail end.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I never liked the tail end in the C eight to start. So
0: the, the thing is, I as opposed to I, I feel like it, it's pretty similar to the Camaro tail end. Is it maybe maybe that's probably why um, it it's like not necessarily feeling as exotic as it should be. Um, it just it does kind of feel like it's
1: like a copy paste yeah it's just the front and the back they don't seem very cohesive mhm mm-hmm. that's what i feel
0: yeah the front looks like almost like foreign you know like exotic yeah. but then the back is just kind of like i don't know I, I would say that like at first when when it came out like a, a couple years ago i was like ambivalent but now it's i can tolerate it you know it, 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 it it's kind of it, it's grown on me like the M4's front front end <laughs> it really has it has it the the M4 has a better looking front end than the normal 4 series i i can't i still can't stand the buck teeth but like the M4 is like more aggressive and um i was talking with a friend about this um yesterday it's like the M4 even though it's not necessarily good looking it's iconic <laughs> The moment yeah, you see definitely. it, you're like, oh, I know exactly what car that is. What
1: car was that? M4. <laughs> was it? Dang. I don't know, it sounded like it. Got the crack and popping. Got it cracks. yeah. Yeah, M4, oh, I've seen it in real life a few times. It hasn't really grown on me. Um, mm. Still would, would not want to be seen in that. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, like you said, it is iconic. Uh, you're going to recognize that no matter where you see right. that, right? So there's a difference between,
0: like, iconic good and iconic bad, then? Yeah. Okay, so for the for the Z06, would you put that iconic good? Not the rear
1: end. I mean, the Z06, like, it's um, not even just the looks. Like, you're going <laughs> to notice that anywhere it's on the street, just because it's so, so different, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to see any... You don't see mid-engine uh, supercars driving around, so. I would say that, like, when I see a C8, I'm
0: like, oh, it's a C8, you know. It still has the wow factor, but it's, um... I think it's because there's a shortage of of C8s right now. I don't think I've seen a single one. No way. I don't think so. Like, C8s in general? No. What? Yeah. I don't know. They just avoid me. I've seen a good number, but, like, it's not... Like, for the C5, C6, C7, you know, they've become very commonplace. Where when I see one, I'm like, okay, it's a Corvette, cool, you know. But I'm not like, whoa, it's a C8. I'm, I'm curious, like, when, when the Z06 comes out, when production picks up again, like, will, will I still feel the wow factor of a C8, you Because
1: know?
0: it's supposed to be the every, every man's supercar. What,
1: what do you think gives it that wow factor uh, over the prior generations? I think it's, it's probably the,
0: just a rarity just a rarity for now and then when the Z06 comes out you know it's i'm sure you know the the engine's going to going to turn heads um, it's going to it's definitely going to catch people's attention right yeah but will will people like i'm sure the arrow bits you'd have to have like a discerning eye to be like oh that's a Z06 over C8 though even though it has a huge spoiler <laughs> it's, it's not like eat,
1: eat your lunch on the spoiler lunch, uh, spoiler, but you know it's, it's still, supposed to be functional right hopefully it's gonna give you lap times yeah yeah it's not like the your the wings
0: <laughs> right yeah I could see a ricer wing on that though <laughs> you know <laughs> anything else to I, I know that the uh, C8 so some car reviewers have complained that it, it feels soft actually really? on the track yeah um it has. It does have the uh, Magna Ride dampeners. Um, it's super composed, but like it, I heard, like compared to the C Seven, z Six, you know, it just doesn't have that kind of like uh, hard edge that allows you to uh, feel more racy compared to compared to the normal C Seven or the z Six. Um, I think even like the, uh, I think the Grand Sport had the, the track with the track package I believe um like that apparently is more um stiffer sprung feels better on the track mm. as opposed to the c8 and I think like you have to make a point that the c8 is um the base model for one which um which means that it's more of a grand tour
1: for that. yeah so and I think um they even said that when they decided to make the new uh, C A generation mid engine, um, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't for the base model. It was for mm-hmm. the additional potential of that mid engine platform, where you could have hotter versions like the z O six and um, future versions that can really take advantage of that mid engine platform and um, all those dynamic benefits that come with it. Cool.
0: So what's next for, this, for the C8? We have the ZR1 still, right?
1: Yeah, and there's also going to be a all-electric one. Man, who's going to buy that?
0: People, people who buy the C8, I feel like, are people who... Like, the, the target demographic is the stereotypical cargo shorts, new balance sneakers, right? <laughs> yeah. Your, your demographic age is pushing 60-70. And they're trying to reject modernity, you know? They don't like Teslas. They don't like electric cars. They like, you know. But so here's the thing, though. um, You can argue that the C8 is already rejecting tradition by going rear engine, um, or rather mid-engine. So would would the same demographic
1: adopt the electric car? I think there will be a market um i mean with all the new like electric supercars coming out um like the Rimac nevera um like the corvettes all, always try to be like the the uh, uh poor man supercar right so right. i think the all-electric one's gonna be alternative to those electric supercars so if if they did come out with like a full electric one
0: would they have to probably price it similar to the normal one? Even if it, I mean, I'm sure we're going to see like amazing acceleration, but it's going to be heavier. It's going to be, um, I think mainly the, the weight is probably the biggest factor, or also the range, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: But we're just, we we don't know the specs for that yet. Um, assume though, assume like it has like model S specs. In terms of speed and um, range, hmm. would would that be still? Will that still be a value proposition to the typical Corvette buyer that's like maybe spending 70, 80 eighty
1: k? I don't know. I feel like I'm so out of touch with that typical Corvette buyer. <laughs> that it's it's hard for me to get into their mindset, right? Yeah, you just gotta.
0: Um, Imagine you're wearing the uh, the cargo shorts with the beer beer belly, and then also um, you have to you have to put yourself in their mindset of being a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come back to me in a few decades. <laughs> yeah. Even then, though, I think we we would just be different though because we're we're in a transitional period. In like, electric cars are okay. I feel like we would accept the electric supercar in a few decades more than the current super or more than the current corvette owners were.
1: yeah yeah definitely
0: so i think that's just um boomer mentality you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, well, we never
0: know <laughs> yeah so um we should move on to our our next topic which is the uh opposite of the corvette um it's a the toyota gr86 so recently we saw that the price is going to be lower than the uh, Subaru BRZ, Um, and in terms of differences we've seen that the uh, GR86 is effectively tuned to be a more playful a more sporty ride, you get more oversteer, Um, but that's like mainly the differences though, like Subaru developed this car so I don't think we're gonna to see too many differences, but we do know that the GR86 is gonna be the cheaper car. Yeah. Um, so if you were to choose, would you get the GR86 or the BRZ? I'd get the cheaper one because you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so purely for money. You don't care about safety. You don't care about. It's just some more oversteer, right? Yeah. That's that's one of the things they said they differentiated
1: from the Subaru from. I mean, isn't that what you want when you're buying a... That's what I was thinking, <laughs> Real actually. drive, so, manual, Um, light.
0: The other benefit that Subaru claims for having the BRZ is the... Um, you're more precise when you're driving it. Which, if you're going to make it into like a track weapon or autocrossing the car, you kind of do want that preciseness. Yeah. So, well I think in the end, I'd still pick the... The GR86 over the BRZ?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, for most buyers of these cars, you're not really looking for preciseness per se. Like, you want to have fun, right? You want to slide around a bit. Like, these have skinny tires. Um, yeah. You know, I think the whole point of these is so you can have fun on the street, um, maybe take a good track sometimes, but just have fun without, like, uh, it's breaking every like law out there, right? For one, yeah, yeah. And it
0: doesn't break the bank, which I think is also the other factor. I mean, what other sports car out there can come under twenty-nine k? I'll meet
1: you there, Go.
0: It's The Miata? <laughs> no, even the Miata is like thirty-something k. If is you get it? the club package, mm-hmm. it's it's not cheap. And tall people can't fit in the Miata, but you know that's not a that's not my that's not a problem I have to <laughs> I run into so.
1: Yeah, so that's why I'll lean towards the uh, GR eighty six because because it's more fun. It's more fun. Yeah. But
0: say say you're like a constant track enthusiast, like a like someone who's
1: addicted to autocrossing, for example. I mean, you're probably more into like the autocrossing, right? You know, what sure. what, what what do people uh, who autocross regularly look for?
0: The thing is, I think when. For the last generation, the differences were rather minute to a point that um, I felt like both were equally popular, you know? Especially you see on the street. Um, well, then that's, that's, that's not necessarily the autocross demographic, but um, I felt like it was almost even for uh, BRZ versus uh, GR86. Like, there wasn't like, I didn't see like a lot more Toyotas over Subarus for, for that car. So, I guess it's like, it's just, it's just weird, like, I, I understand that Toyota wants to bring back fun cars, and they don't want to break their bank by developing a dedicated platform, so they just had Subaru do it for them, you know? Yeah. But, um, it, it just also feels like it's, the cars are so similar, like at least for the Supra, you know? They have a hard-top Supra, and then BMW doesn't make a hard-top Z4. But for, for the BRZ and the GR86, they're both hard tops. They're, yeah, yeah they, they, the only difference is tuning. Suspension tuning, engine tuning. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's... I would probably get the GR86 because it's cheaper too. Yeah. yeah so I think Subaru took the L on this one.
1: Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, I feel like all the ones I see, uh, either the BRZ or the 86, they're all... Um, on the streets they're all mostly like riced out so <laughs> yeah so i guess that's actually the bigger buyer
0: demographic it's not the autocross yeah it's the um sort street the crests. ricers <laughs> on the street i guess they're they're virtually indistinguishable right pretty much thing so it's whichever one so then it, i think i think in that case the toyota's gonna outsell the subaru Depending the or depending on the um, supply. Yeah. Whatever the shortages. Um, Ease. Yeah. I have heard though that you're probably going to see markups for what is a twenty nine thousand dollar car. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So how much how much would, how much more would you be willing to pay for this car? I mean, I, I can't support markups so.
1: At all. At all.
0: Even if you badly wanted one, it just feels wrong, you know. <laughs> like I, I can't be supporting that. Interesting. Okay. I think. I think for me, the most I would pay on top of twenty nine k is probably like three k. Obviously, markups are bad. Ten percent. Three k. Ten percent. Ten percent. That's that's a lot. <laughs> to get like the first, I'm sure like you know you'll see you'll see the markups go away after like four months, three months, four months. Yeah, but if you wanted to to be the first one on the road with a GR86, or rather the new one, I mean, there's a lot of other older GR86s. Because we've seen we've seen people pay up to seven thousand dollars for a Tucson. <laughs> right. So uh, when when you put that into comparison, the three K is like, oh, you know, that's pocket change for for a sports car, in terms of markups at least. So um. The moral of the story is, uh, don't be a chump. Wait a few months, yeah, and don't for sure. don't pay the markup on a Tucson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. What's next? We have the the Tesla Hertz agreement. Mm-hmm. Hertz um, orders a hundred thousand Teslas um, from Tesla, and they're also going to be uh, renting it to Uber drivers.
1: How do you feel about that? that's uh that's a lot yeah that's, yeah it's that's almost um i think that's getting close to the amazon deal with rivian for their delivery uh vans like a hundred thousand yeah I think something like that, that was, so that's a, it's a pretty big
0: fleet order yeah i mean tesla's stock jumped what 12 percent that day yeah it's crazy and it like so so after hertz declared bankruptcy like where are they getting the funding to buy a hundred thousand Teslas? Private equity, <laughs> <Beats> <laughs> other me. investors. Like, have, I, I don't think I've remembered any company like coming out of bankruptcy this strong, you know. I guess the rental car market just kept roaring back, right? It is. It yeah. is. It is. Yeah, roaring back. That's true. But um, would that make that would make Hertz? Hertz has always been kind of the premium. Rental car um, company, like you know, you, you have like budget, Avis, and then you got the enterprise and Hertz. Um, I know, I know. Like, I feel like when people re- rent um, Model Threes or Teslas in general, it's usually from like Turo, like um, peer-to-peer um, rental services. So that would make um, Hertz like one of the first rental car companies to have like a electric car fleet. I think. Um, which I think is actually better because it's annoying for rental cars, you have to fill them up before you return them. Now you can just drive it to a supercharger or rather you could just, I'm pretty sure they're probably gonna build out like a charging infrastructure at the rental facilities.
1: Yeah, I, I can see that but um, on the flip side um, you probably don't have much range, it's gonna be like the standard range. 200 yeah. on 200 miles. But when you're
0: when you're renting a car it's usually in the city, though, right? Is it? I think so. When was the last know. time you
1: rented a car? <laughs> last time I rented a car was to uh, drive from here to LA. So.
0: Well, so here's the thing, though. The supercharger network
1: can handle um, that that commute or that that trip specifically. Yeah, I can handle it, but you know, like I've been hearing that, and you probably have more experience with this. That supercharger stalls are getting pretty crowded now. That, that is what I...
0: So 100,000 more cars um, as a rental fleet. Then again, how, how many Teslas has... Like specifically like Model 3s, for example, how much have Tesla sold this year? Um, 2020 Model 3 sales. Yeah, so the Model 3 sold 439,000 cars in 2020. So while the $100,000 fleet, or 100,000 car fleet sounds like a lot, it's, like, 25% of sales. It's it's, it's a big amount. Um, and I would say that, like, I think it wouldn't make a big dent on the supercharger network. Because, for one, it's constantly expanding. And two, that's, like, um, I don't think
1: the 100,000 is in this one year, right? It's probably going to be, like... Yeah, yeah, it's over many years, right? Okay. They probably can't... Um, can they even produce that many if they? I mean, they made four hundred thousand dollars or four hundred thousand cars last year. I guess. Yeah. So it would be like one fourth or one fifth of sales. Yeah, but they have so many factories that this is on uh, the U.S. Yeah. So they probably have to work Fremont, you know, overtime just just to make <laughs> that first order. So.
0: Is is free, there's going to be another
1: uh, Giga in Austin, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so there, there's the Austin Gigafactory, there's the Numi plant here. Um, I think they're building one in Arizona, or... I'm not quite sure. Mm. Finally on to the final news of this week is the brand new Mercedes AMG SL. Um, we're gonna have two variants, the SL55, SL63, um, and uh, I would say this this is a car that has a lot of history, a lot of heritage, right? It's been around since like the '70s or the '80s. Um, they axed it for for a bit, but now it's back. Um, and I'm I'm kind of glad for it because you know it's, it's a really powerful car. It's a car that like is like iconic at this point. Yeah, um, we're gonna see that the uh, SL55 is going to have like a top speed of like 195, I want to say. Um, so close to 200. Yeah, I don't think it's it's in the article. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but the SL63 is going to be a, the slower version, even though it's going to be the more expensive one. Um, because it's of the it has a longer wheelbase, I want to say. They're both using the same same powertrain, and it's going to be all-wheel drive for the first time this time, which hmm. would make make a huge difference off the line. Um, and it's going to be powered by the 4, 4. liter V eight, making oh this one only makes four hundred sixty nine horsepower, 515, 516 five hundred sixteen pound feet of torque. Yeah, in, in the fifty five normal version. one. Yeah. And then the SL63 is going to make
1: 577 horsepower, 590 pound-feet of torque. Yeah, and in the future, they're going to get the new AMG uh, e-performance plug-in hybrid where you have an electric motor um, added to that V8, and you get over 800 horsepower, which is totally crazy.
0: Yeah, like that's that's Hellcat numbers,
1: right? Yeah.
0: And the Hellcat's not even all-wheel drive.
1: Yeah, I mean that's why the Hellcat's crazy. <laughs> you got
0: wait—is the Hellcat all-wheel drive?
1: No, it's rear-wheel it's all, drive. Right. Eight hundred horsepower, and
0: so, so you're, there's a potential here for the SL to be even faster than the Hellcat off the line.
1: Off the line for sure, it's faster. Like that's crazy. Same, so just about anything is faster than Hellcat off the line because you're just spinning all the way to sixty.
0: Really? But so, so why is the Hellcat like you know the one to be? I, I think there was the fastest production drag car, right?
1: they yeah it's a drag car like on a drag strip, or oh, no, it's a demon I mean they're just pretty much the same, right I think the demons the the the, the demon, more exclusive one. yeah, it is, and it has like drag racing uh the radios yeah, the radios uh you have the option of deleting your seats <laughs> uh skinny tires up front, um you have a demon crate it gives you a bunch of drag race accessories, right. yeah, but even a hellcat it's 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 um Definitely geared towards drag racing, but you really can't drag race on the street with those. You're just spinning. That's true. Yeah. So,
0: I think the the Tesla Model S is actually faster um, zero to sixty than the Demon, the Plaid version. The Plaid, the Plaid version. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I think we're at at a point where, in terms of production cars, we're just going to see electric cars beating you know, uh, internal combustion engines, like, as the norm.
1: Yeah, yeah, on a straight line for sure. Yeah. Because um, it's so much easier to make power uh, with, like, a battery's electric motor. Uh, like for gas engines, I think it's, it's much easier to get range, you just have, you can hold more fuel. Uh, but with batteries, it's so easy to make power, it's, you just... It's instantaneous. Yeah. And just off the line, it's crazy. So. Coming
0: back to the SL, like we know that Mercedes had the uh, AMG GT Roadster, uh, they had the S Class Coupe, S Class Cabriolet, um, and that's why they originally canceled the SL because they had like three different convertibles, like um, specifically luxury uh, long wheelbase convertibles, and now this one SL is gonna replace all three of them or rather, is going to be the successor to these three. Which, I think, like... I do like the AMG GT. Um, and it was really confusing to me why they had yeah, these three cabriolets. So now, instead of... So the AMG GT is going to be the hardcore performance um, coupe. Uh, then you'll have the SL as the uh, luxury barge, but it's also going to be crazy fast. And now we don't have the uh, uber comfortable S-Class roadster, or it was a cabriolet. Um, I think the SL also has four seats, which is off, um, a first for uh, this generation. Uh, they they had they didn't have a rear seats in the last one. Yeah. So instead of a roadster, it's like a it's just like a like a cabriolet or a convertible. Yeah, it's not like you can fit anyone back there, though. <laughs> yeah. So, in terms of this new SL, given this pr- the pr- performance numbers, would you take a 911 or an SL?
1: Because um, that's going to be
0: the main competitor, I think.
1: Yeah, I think I'll take the 911. Uh, so, 911 performance is, is definitely going to be better than this. In Around the corners? Or in the line? I think both, you know, that launch control is really nuts on the 911. True. Yeah, you can do that all day. Even
0: the, even the, um, is it the Roadster or is it the, uh, it's not Roadster. Um, 911, I think it's the Targa that's the convertible. Yeah. Yeah. So then, who, who would buy this over, over like a, someone who has something different?
1: Yeah, I think it's more of a hard sell versus the previous generation. That one, uh, styling was really uh, iconic. Like, you had the long Mm -hmm. hood, Uh, the naturally aspirated V8. um, Sounded really nice. Um, It looked really special. But this one, I mean, I I think it has a lot of uh, things that are shared with the rest of the Mercedes product. Uh, From the front, you can. I can't really tell it apart from the current generation GT. Mm. Um,
0: The Pan-America grill is is, um, shared across all the AMG products. Yeah, it has the
1: same powertrain, Um, it it just doesn't feel as
0: special. I think the last generation also had a hard top, this time it's going to be a soft top. Mm. Which um, I think is good in terms of weight reduction, Uh, we've seen the 4 series also go from hard top convertible to soft top so I think it's um I wouldn't say it's a bad change but it also doesn't give it as much of a luxury feeling when it's a soft top instead of a hard top yeah especially like the, I think the people who buy this SL they're not really trying to look for that last bit of performance in it I yeah. think they would appreciate the, the hard top um, but they they didn't have the sales. That's like uh, in the last generation. That's why they axed it. So with going to like a soft top and like putting this much performance in a car like this,
1: really increased sales. I, I just hope they did their market research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: I'm sure they they probably did some um, group testing with some really rich people who can afford a SL. They're like, would you buy this over 9-11? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, I think uh, we've covered most of this week's news. Is there uh, anything anything else you want to add? No, that was, that was really comprehensive. Yeah, I think um, is there anything to look forward to next week? Uh, any rumors? Um, I think SEMA's next week, so that's mm-hmm. that should be interesting for, for truck people. <laughs> yeah, we'll see some crazy things there. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> At uh, This Week in Cars. And, uh, oh, we're going to be reviewing... Um, We'll be reviewing two crossovers (laughs) next week. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're, going to do that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure that really excites car enthusiasts, you know? Nothing like a crossover comparison. (laughs) (laughs) Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. (laughs) (laughs) out. (laughs) Yeah, peace out.